Salutations and welcome to the 18th episode. The 18th episode of the In the House podcast. I am your host, Evan Floyd. I am uh, just beyond excited to be here tonight. We are in a fantastic location. We're in the new new-ish bar Odeon. Uh, on Story Avenue, Odeon, yeah. it's uh, it's a pretty cool venue. I've, I've enjoyed being here thus far. The drinks are potent, and the uh, the atmosphere is a good one. Yeah, some good tunes. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, if you don't uh, drink here, what the hell are you doing? I'm 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 definitely drinking. So we're excited to be here. Uh, not only are we excited to be here because the drinks are good and because we like talking Loose City football, but uh, because specifically today we've got a very special guest big deal it's, it's special is putting it lightly yeah, special is saying like uh, yeah no we don't yeah. we don't have uh, we don't have some you know piddly winkly no, you know man. supporter we it's not have Kenny you no. know what I mean like we didn't we love Kenny <laughs> we love Kenny but it was not an extra special episode um, no but before I can welcome in the special guest I gotta welcome in my partner oh and uh, so please ladies and gentlemen put your hands together Stop your feet, clap your hands, be super excited, because coming to you live from a Spencer Gifts yeah. in Perth, Australia, yeah. my co-host, Andy Frederick. Hey. hey. Thank you, buddy. I'll tell you, hey, I didn't know that they had Spencers anywhere ever still. I definitely didn't know they had them in Australia. Yeah. Um, and I kind of didn't expect there to be as much kangaroo stuff is there it seems like a like a tourist trappy kind of thing but it's very emo kangaroo it's 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 minimally depressed kangaroos it is it is i hate my dad kangaroo kangaroos with black fingernail polish yes i got you yes so not a not a good look the the boomerangs don't come back all right well andy (laughs) welcome thank you so much for being here hey Thank you for having me. And also, thank you for introducing us to this lovely location. Of course. And now, let us introduce our guest. So, we have got the The. single most important person who doesn't know about soccer in the Louisville City Football Club (laughs) organization. (laughs) Of all of the people in the organization, no one is more important who doesn't know about soccer. I'm kidding. Of course, we have the executive vice president of Louisville City oh Football God. Club, Brad Estes. Thanks, man. The hey. Brad Estes. Thanks for having me here. And you obviously have never met our board because they are more important <laughs> than me. And they know less about soccer. Sorry, guys. No, yeah. you're fine. Yeah. Right. A couple We're, things, though, real quick. You forgot to mention the shag carpet. Oh, here. there is The shag carpet shag. is unbelievable. And nice. I think Kenny... It's a great guy. We're talking about Kenny from South Park, right? Yeah, Kenny, exactly. Yeah. Somebody killed him. Special guest. Yeah. Anyway. No, we, uh, we're we really excited that you're here tonight. Uh, we appreciate you answering my 7,000th phone call. Um, no, you are the executive vice president, which is a fantastic title. Like It's, it's a, pretty vague. Nobody really knows what it means. But, the but question those are the I, best titles. Right. Those are the best titles. You yep. sound important without anybody knowing specifically what you have to do. But the question I have is, you're the executive vice president. I've examined the organizational chart. I looked on the staff information on the website. There's no president. Who are you the vice of? 
John Neese is our president. It says chairman next to his name on there. Chairman. So then we need to fire the website guy. Okay. Is that what you're saying? Done. Got, so uh, that guy is out. Somebody we, write that down. But he is yeah. officially on his card. It says chairman and president or president and uh, whatever. I think it might say president, comma, chairman. Or okay. Chairman, comma. Yeah. All right. Well, oh. dang. I was really excited about this oversight because I felt confident that we were going to be able to nominate Andy to be the emeritus president. Not, you not, wouldn't even have to pay me. Just a figure. Like, I would have. Oh, just, I don't get paid either. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all here. Pro bono. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. just good of you. Just get a bunch of two year old soccer balls. Give back to the community, you know? Uh, no, I thought maybe if there was no current president that he didn't have to have any actual responsibilities. He didn't have to have any actual powers. Mm-hmm. Just to be like the figure, like Dave Thomas with Wendy's. Yeah. Okay. That guy wasn't in board meetings. He was yeah. just on the. He was just in the commercials. I mean, all he did was have a famous daughter. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Andy could have been, but no. If uh, if Mr. Neese is in fact the president, well, then I rescind my nomination of Andy. Yeah. You're out. It's okay. Sorry, buddy. You're it's out. It's all right. Basically impeached before you were elected. I know. You ousted. But you have to dream big from the get. You do. Right. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right. Also, I feel like I could take Johnny's. Whoa. Okay. I don't know. I'm anything not saying about I would. I'm just saying I could. Yeah. I don't know anything about Johnny's physical acumen. Well, My sister worked for him. John has a few Did people you? that, a few guys that could probably take you though. Yeah, yeah I know. You could hire a dude. But it'd be like it'd be like in a video game getting past the dudes before the boss, and the boss turns out to be easier than you thought it was going to be. Okay. Like uh, like. Shang Tsung after exactly. Goro. Exactly. Goro after was super had to fight hard, Goro and Mortal Kombat. Shang Tsung was awful. Yeah. All right. All right. I think that uh, that I covers your so candidate. Brad immediately regrets doing <laughs> this. He's going, what fun. did I sign up for? <laughs> All right. We've introduced Brad. We've introduced Andy. We've introduced me. I think the introductions are all set. I think that we should just break straight into content here. And the way we do that is by having our guest toss a coin. All right, here goes the comes the coin toss. Now I'll I admit we're, on this we're operating under inopportune uh, circumstances here. It's a slatted table, so everybody forgive the coin if it does not work out perfectly. Here we go. All right, it's oh, down. It's down. And Andy, can you find it in the shag? Yes. Yes. And what do we got? Can you keep the integrity? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is this it is still legit? Fair, this is illegitimate. This is tails. Tails. Tails right. always wins. It almost uh, last week was the first heads in forever. Yeah. We're at twelve to seven. Uh, we are at thirteen to s- no. This is the eighteenth. So you're right. Episode. It's yeah. uh, twelve. To, it's twelve to six. Twelve to six. It was eleven to six last week, so I concur. So twelve to six. Yeah. Twelve to six. Yeah. yeah. We used you to have a little. Listen. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. We have a we have a little uh, ledger somewhere, but we never remember yeah. to bring it to offsite interviews. No. So. And let the record reflect that I did give the quarterback, unlike Pat McMahon. Yeah. Unlike McMahon, who is a thief, apparently. Apparently. I have no idea. Right. Who would have suspected? He seems so. Consider your paycheck honest. docked, McMahon. Yeah. Now fifty cents. The twenty-five that he took and the twenty-five that Brad had to not steal, which he otherwise would have. Exactly. All right. So. Since it's a Tales, we begin with a game review, and now we are in the thick of it right now, where two games have occurred since the last time we uh, had a podcast. There will be two more games before our next podcast. It's a lot to get through. Now, I want to spend a lot of time with Brad, because how often do we get this chance? Also, he's very handsome. So. You're not wrong. <laughs> We're in the hell out of those Dockers. That's oh, all man. I'm saying. That's right. Um, 
So let's let's try to jazz through these. I don't yeah. want to I don't want to belabor any no, points no, no, no. on game yeah, reviews yeah, yeah, or game yeah, previews. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. Brad's the the meat and potatoes of this. We got game reviews. We've got two games to review, and one of them was extremely positive, and one of them was less so. So we'll start with the extremely positive because it happened first, and that was the game against Nashville in the fifth round of the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, got ourselves a two-one win over Nashville. That's it's just freaking awesome. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's freaking awesome. You uh, we played in Lynn Stadium again. All of the games that have occurred in Lynn, I think this was the fourth one in the Cup where we played there, uh, thanks to fortuitous coin tosses or uh, envelope pulls. We got to have four home games. All of them, the environment was great. The turnout was good. The and obviously the uh, the eventual results were all good. Yeah. I loved this one. I thought that our boys played really solid and that it was fun to be able to see us play against somebody. If we're playing an MLS team at this at that stage, there's a ton of pressure on the guys to try to you know overcome them and uh, have another awesome result. Nashville, we'd had such an even run with them. Yeah. Two two-to-nothing games right. for the home team. You knew this was a team that we could play with, but they could play with us. And getting a result against them, I thought, was maybe more satisfying even than our game against New England, not D.C., from the week previously, <laughs> or from the previous round. Uh, Nashville is a good squad, and not a, and a squad I expect to be there at the end of the year in the Eastern Conference. And I thought getting a 2-1 win was extremely satisfying. Andy, what did you think of the game? Yes. Good job. Good job, buddy. That's why we pay you the big yeah, bucks, not president. That's why I should be president. Exactly. Yeah. No. Frank Frederick, what did Frank think? Frank loved it. Frank just likes going to games. He does. Frank likes feeling involved in things. I like that. He did a, a lot of, um, uh, I feel like it was probably just a vessel for him to pick women up. That's true. He did flirt with more women than I would have expected him to. Yeah. And I was expecting him to flirt with a lot of women. But... I like that Frank just has a pleasant chuckle at all of the heckling of the goalkeepers. He won't actually, yeah. He's so not going to participate. My, this is my father we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, uh, Jacob, Frank's a local you're, you're celebrity. You're Jacob to his Bob Dylan. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> he freaked Brad. He's like a professional. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, what are you going to do? Um, no, yeah. He just, he, he's on the same level that I am, I think, with everything. Yeah. He just likes going to games. Just enjoys being there. He doesn't heckle. I wish he would, but part of me is worried that if he does start heckling, he'll get too into just it. Just vicious. And just start just the most savage things you've ever heard. Like, keepers are just, like, breaking down and crying. Well, and see, I was thinking it was going to be, you were going to take it another direction. Be like, he's your father. So think about the most vicious things he's ever said to you. Like, you're such a disappointment. I can't believe that you're my child. I wish that Evan was my child. Stuff like that. He would be yelling <laughs> that at the keeper. And that would just make you sad. And I, I can see how that Dude, would be vicious are you on, <laughs> But, no, Frank had a great time. Andy yeah. had a great time. And uh, I thought that Paco had a really great time. Paco getting that first that goal. Time. Sure did. Oscar whipping that ball in. It's just... It's it's Andy's consistent prediction that Oscar will win the box. That has always been my, every time that we've asked for a prediction. It's been mine has been Oscar Paco. Yeah. Okay. Except when I describe it, it's like there's a golden light from heaven shining down, right. and there are doves that somehow are flying around Paco as he like majestically like 
just launches himself over everybody. Yeah. You know the best part about this is that we get to hear it again for the for the, the weekend game too. And yeah, that, that I was about to I, yeah. was, I, I couldn't wait yeah. to be able to say it was the embodiment of your prediction because it was actually the on the corner and it was actually the head ball. This one I thought I frankly haven't seen Paco move laterally like this offensively. To be able to score this goal, I thought that he made a really great run to the near post to put that ball home. I was I was thrilled to see it. Usually on our set pieces, it seems like, understandably, we keep the uh, the backs a little farther towards the back of the 18-yard box, hope that we can put one onto their head, mm-hmm. hope that uh, they can maybe make a play on sort of a rebound or take it straight out of the air. Paco made a dash for the near post on this ball, and it looked like it was something that O'Connor had probably drawn up because the short corner, and then they play it forward that way. I guarantee you he drew it up. They spend so much time on film that he knows where the weaknesses are. And, I mean, I think that you know he saw something, and there was just easy pickings right there, you know. Our guy, easy pickings. <laughs> he laid it up for us there. That's sweet, Brad. No, uh, Matt Pickens was laid waste to twice in this game. It was really nice to be able to uh, to get two goals and take the two nothing lead, which we took two nothing lead, didn't we? No. And suddenly having well, a hard did. time straight. We yeah, we yeah. Took, because With then Paolo put the ball in on the uh, strike from like seventeen, right at the edge of the box. It felt like six yards. You, he was that yeah, close. Yeah, he was close. We're on the other end yeah, on this one. It felt to me like he was farther back. No, he was. But it was another was corner. He was close. It yeah. was coming off of another one and another one of the short corners, yeah. which is generally one of our pet peeves, is uh, the short corner. Which just, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously they were effective, extremely effective this week. They are just there's something less like it's less majestic about it. There's it's less like glamorous than just chucking it into the meat grinder. You know? Okay. All right. It's less, but in this I just like goals, so that's yeah. I'm not gonna. Uh, one of the Scouts House members who we had referenced uh, either last week or the week before, Jay Hindenock, who worked with the Parks Department to set up the five on five, the five e five soccer field at Beachmont. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is extremely vociferous about hating the uh, short corner, and so has had. Uh, for the last three years, every time they've done a short corner that hasn't worked, he'll stand up on the rail or extremely close to the rail and uh, wave over and yell at everybody that the short corner is 0 for 811 or whatever the number is. And uh, I'm glad he didn't get to have that be a thing this yeah. week where well, it was a 2 for 813. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. And it worked great. And taking the 2 nothing lead felt good. But in sort of a portent of what was to come, uh, we give up a goal... Uh, I think it was, shoot, I should be able to remember his name. And really I can't. should. I can't. I'm actually having to look, and I feel bad. LaGrasa, who uh, scores for Nashville, pulls them to within a goal. I think that was in the 81st minute, 81st minute. Scores late, and it felt like we were really hanging on there towards the end of the game. It didn't feel like... We had lost any sense of attacking by the end of that game, and it was purely just a let's hope we get out of here holding on to this. Nashville, for the last 10, 15 minutes of the game, now to be fair, you're down that many goals in a single elimination tournament. You're going to have to throw everything forward and hope something sticks. But there was very little possession from our guys towards the end of that game, and and it's it's tough to watch as a fan, not because you don't believe in the defense or because you believe in the players out there, 
just because when all you're doing is having to defend, it's just painful, yeah. which I imagine is Pittsburgh's entire life, and we'll get to that here in a minute. Right. But uh, I think that that was, and now while we win, and let me, before we move, before we move forward, I just want to say, come on. Into the final eight of a tournament, the last USL side left. You get the 25 grand because Sacramento also loses. Shekels in Brad's pocket right there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a, I think it's a bonus for Brad. Oh, yeah. Well. All of it went to Brad. All yeah. of it. You can yeah. tell us. No, there will be no bonus for Brad. Understood. I can guarantee you that. Understood. Uh, but we get that, and which I consider to be uh, Mark Anthony K just continuing to pay us. Just Mark Anthony K is just handing Lou City more and more. He uh, he gives us a championship. It's like the Jelly of the Month Club. Exactly, yeah, right. just like that. Gives us a championship. Gives us a uh, transfer fee, which I'm sure was in the hundreds of millions, and then uh, gives us now another twenty-five grand by helping to knock out Sacramento single-handedly. I'm pretty sure it was yeah. just him. Right. If he played, which I'm not positive he did in he that didn't. game. Yeah. I think he skipped the last two games. I don't know if it's uh, form or what's going on. but well, international rules. That, too. But right now they're also missing Vela on the world, being over there at the World Cup for Mexico. That's so they're, they're down in attack. Yeah. I digress. Mark Anthony K. in Sacramento uh, helped knock out Sacramento by being on the team. Right. And so uh, we're the last USL side remaining, one of eight teams. We get to go play Chicago Fire. In a rematch of our first season playing in the uh, oh, in the yeah. uh, uh, U.S. Open Cup, yeah, a game that really helped launch my fanhood. I'm not going to lie because I had we were season ticket holders from the very beginning. My wife understood my love of soccer and bought us tickets immediately as soon as there was a team, and it's been great. But what really launched me from being a hey, we'll go to the games and have fun to this is this is exciting world-class stuff is taking an MLS team and we'd been alive for like four months at that point and you take an MLS side to uh, to extra time yeah in a thriller we had more chances to score in that game than they did it was exciting as heck and uh, coach O'Connor referred to it as a dubious goal it was a dude that's, that's the right that's a the, dubious goal that's about the right attitude for it. It was it was tough to see the goal go in, but it was so exciting. Handball. Yeah, it was so exciting that we played them that close. Like I had no expectations of us doing well in that game. I had no real expectations of us doing well in that season, and uh, that game brought me on board full time. Yeah. As a uh, as an actual observer, um, and now we get a rematch. We get a chance against them again, MLS side, playing in. Uh, Toyota Park, I believe it's called. That's in, correct. In Toyota Chicago, we have several guys from the Chicago land area. We have. I know yeah, uh, Tosh, Tosh, yeah. Pat McMahon. Yeah, all, it's all a bit of a homecoming for those guys. And I imagine there's going to be a pretty good crowd of Lou City supporters. We'll get to that when we get to the preview. I'm just super excited about the fact that they got the win. Yeah. They get to advance, and they showed a lot of perseverance. I thought Ilya played extremely. Oh well. yeah. I I have thought that Ilya has played. Frankly, all year he's played extremely well, but I've been so excited seeing him the last two games. It's almost like somebody, and I'm not saying who, I'm just saying somebody somewhere was talking about how scary it was to not have Luke or Cameron available, Mm -hmm. and Ilya was like, you've got a striker right here. Right. When you say somebody, you mean you. I I do not. I have been pro-Ilya from the beginning. You can go back and follow my, uh, my history, but... 
he's exceeded my expectations. Uh, I don't know what inside the organization you guys have felt like, but uh, he he's always sort of been the uh, the third man. No matter yeah. when he's been with us, he's always well, been sort of the third Ilya man. Ilya encompasses everything that James O'Connor wants in a player. He's got great character, great work ethic. It's never about him. It's always about the team, and he's always ready to step in where, whenever, wherever we need him. And so you'll see him playing wide. You'll see him now playing up top. And wherever he's called on, he does a great job. And so I think everybody's just really happy that he's gotten a little bit of recognition um, for everything that he's done since 2015. Yeah. Been here for this much of time with the squad and to finally be getting a lot of regular run. Uh, Had to sit behind some really great strikers, and that's not any indictment of him. It's that you've got some of the all-time leading scorers in USL and the definitely conference history that have been playing ahead of him. That's not his fault, uh, but has played so well in such a good run of form that you you don't spend time worrying as much about uh, uh, depth at the striker position. He's looked so strong, not just that he's played so well, but that he's looked like a like a man out there, sort yeah. of. Guys bouncing off of him. He's yeah. been able to play that hold-up role, exactly. which I wasn't entirely sure was in his skill set. Just because oh, yeah. we haven't seen it. We, we haven't yeah. people. He's very unselfish, so he's always looking to pass, and then he does really well in the hold-up role. And he's been playing extremely well. And he also, earlier in the year, played very well in the uh, in the sort of creative 10 role as the uh, right. central attacking midfielder. He's played extremely well there. Nothing but good things to say about what Ilya's done. Hopefully that continues and I think it's going to make it tougher on Coach O'Connor to make some uh, personnel and uh, lineup choices once Luke and Cameron are fully fit. Those we would call good problems to have. Yes. Trying to make tough decisions about which great player you're going to play is always tough. I feel terrible for him to have to make those sorts of calls. But, Ilya. Ilya. That's it. That's all I've got on the uh, U.S. Open Cup game. You got anything you want to add? No. Brad, you got anything you want to add? It's just awesome to be in this position. I think it's one of those things that you can't truly appreciate until you've removed yourself from it for a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, you know, we're still in the middle of this run. We still have league games. We can't properly appreciate it. And I think this trip to Chicago is going to be great. Yeah. So very, very much looking forward to it. I agree. I'm looking forward to it also. And we'll give you some details about how you can be there later in the uh, podcast. But now we're going to move on to a slightly less fun review which is of the uh, 2-2 draw that we just had against North Carolina on the road. 2-2 draw. It was an up-and-down game. I thought that the first 20 minutes of the game we didn't play particularly well. I thought that the second half of the first half we played extremely well and were unlucky not to come away with two, three, even four goals. And then uh, the start of the second half we came out looking like we wanted to continue that. And then in the final quarter of the game, not as strong. When you're playing up and down like this, what are you open to see from the players, Andy? I mean, the thing is, you know, like you said, the first little bit of the game, not a lot of possession. No. Not a lot. You can you can you can see them trying to get it together. Like okay, somewhere in this we're gonna click. And then they do. Right? More possession, more aggressive, more shots on goal, goals. The, the disallowed goal. Disallowed goal. All right. Uh, but, you know, hold it together is the best way to put it. 
This was one of the extremely last twenty minutes of the game. Just hold together. This was one of the extremely rare games that you and I did not watch together. That's true. I was lonely. I don't know how you felt about I'm sorry, it. Buddy. Betrayed. You could have been there. I could have. I, I will refrain from commenting on why I was not That's there. That's fair, no. But uh, do you feel betrayed? A little bit. All right. I'll make it up to you. I don't know if betrayed is the word I would use so much as just like a crushing emptiness. I understand. Uh, so I didn't get to see your reaction when the goal was disallowed. What did, how, how, did it, how did it go at the O'Connell party? Not, not well. No? There was a lot of screaming. Was there? Yes. Not profanity, surely. I can't make that promise. Okay. But you felt confident that it was a bad call? Yes. Brad? And the thing is, coming from me, if I can tell that something is a bad call, that's saying something, right? Like, How, was, how did the Estes family react to this? Uh, well, given the instructions before the podcast, I, I probably shouldn't go into a lot of detail. More profanity? Uh, uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I think it's one of those things that when you watch the replay, it, it was clearly a, a poor call. But I think you put yourself in the referee's position. It's 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 a bang bang play and made a call. I mean, it's this is where v, uh, VAR would be would be good. I know there's pros and cons to it, but. In that situation, mm-hmm. I think that, that call gets overturned 10 times out of 10. But, again, I get it. Ombi was in an offside position. He just didn't have anything to do with the play. So Yeah. Now, the way I felt about it was that I think that these things even out over the course of a season. I think that you get some lucky calls. You get some unlucky calls. You get some good calls and bad calls. I feel like we're on the downside of this right yeah. now. I think that this year has been a tough year. In particular, in my mind, the Atlanta game, the Indy game, and this yeah. game, where not only were they tough calls, but that they probably also turned the result of games. Yes. So it's five points when you get down to the end of it. Right. It's it's two in Atlanta, it's two in North Carolina, and it's it's one in Indy. And it's I totally agree with you, and hopefully that, that it evens out over the course of the season. So I'm looking forward to uh, the game against Pittsburgh or New York where uh, – you know, they call two or three goals that weren't over the line, goals for us, where uh, they send off a couple of uh, Lily players yeah. just because just because they, they gave somebody a dirty look. Uh, something good luck that maybe we don't deserve, because we didn't deserve to have these three occurrences occur, and they did. So I'm looking for a little luck to turn. But regardless of the disallowed goal, it definitely kicked the guys into gear. They played... An incredible rest of that first yeah. half. Uh, could have easily had three more. My prediction nearly came right with Speedy taking the shot from outside the top of the box, which is what I always guess is going to happen because he's going to get that goal at yeah. some point this year. He's had that ball come to him just like that two or three times. Yeah. Two or three times he's just missed it. That's happening because it it's, our system is set up too well to, uh, to have that occur for him to not get one at some point. Yeah, it happened with Paolo against... Um... Penn FC. Yep. Right at the top of the box. Yeah. It'll trickle out to you just because yeah. uh, the defense has been pulled wide. The center backs are forced to collapse on the striker. There's a gap there around the 18-yard box for our central midfielders to fill. And one of them is going to put a goal in. Speedy will get that goal at some point this year just because our our team designed for it. He launched a great shot, and you got to give uh, you got to give credit to uh, the keeper for North Carolina. Uh, it was a nice save. Yeah, I mean, Tambakis really—he—he uh, he put the—he put his poison on that one because that was a nice save. Yeah, he got to the top corner, and you got to give him credit. But that one could have been a goal. I thought 
Uh, obviously, we get the goal from uh, Illich in the first half. That was a nice one from Illich, and it was a nice one. I'm optimistic that in a normal run of events, we get two, maybe three in that 15-minute stretch. And again, sometimes things just don't seem like they're falling for you. And when you are in second place in the division with two games in hand and as many points as you had leading into a championship season at the same point in the season, you can't be that upset that you're not getting the breaks. But I also mentioned the injuries we've had. And the, I feel like we could be easily like 11 points ahead of where we are, and it wouldn't even have had to have changed much. Just a thing here, a thing there, and it could have happened. Yeah. But the draw is tough to tough to swallow because we get we get up. We came back after falling behind. We uh, tie it up. We take the lead early in the second half. You're excited. Oh, and that was the Andy special. The Paco yeah. Craig head ball. Yeah. Okay. Who Did served it, it up? Yeah. Were you as excited as you? I was. Come on, man. I was. You've been talking about this for months. Yeah, I know. You don't seem as excited I'm as I still that. But you know, the thing about a draw is that you know it drains even a little bit. It of the excitement. really does. It really takes it. For me, it's like people always say, "Yeah, we didn't lose." Yeah, we didn't win either, though. Like, yeah. so the doves didn't fly for you, is what the you're saying? The doves weren't there. Yeah. And to have that win would have been like then that that would have been. That much more glorious. That would have been like the thing I've been waiting. Had he for. gotten you the game winner, you'd have been more excited. Actually, I've got it backwards here, and I feel bad because uh, it was the Paco goal in the first half, and it was the Ilya goal in the second half. Still, though, it's a lot of games, man. They're running together on me. You better start writing stuff down. Man. You would. Think, I'm not going to. You, you would think. To. Well, and here's the problem: is I write them down, and then I don't even look at it. So it's 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 a thing, but. You get the final Paco goal, or you get the final Ilya goal. You go up two one, and then we started making our substitutions again. And I am in the exact same vein that I've always been in. I've said it every podcast that I've ever done. In James, I trust. I have no problem with the substitution patterns. But I don't care. I don't care what you read on Twitter. I don't care how you feel about you know. Maybe we shouldn't have pulled this guy off. Maybe you need him on a little longer. For the first part, we're not in the locker room and we don't know how these guys feel, how exhausted these guys are, guys who need to get some run and haven't gotten some. I don't know how I trust James O'Connor to make these decisions more than I trust Joe Schlub on the internet or right. me to make these calls. You also have to think about the fact that James is looking at this from the standpoint of an entire season and not just one match. He sees it in a bigger from a bigger perspective and and, and we talk a lot, I say we, James and, and the coaches talk a lot about trusting the process. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what it is. It's a process. And so that, I think that's important to remember. That when We all love James O'Connor and we all love um, what he's done for our club. And sometimes you just have to step back from it and say, you know what? I loved this coach yesterday. I loved him on Wednesday night. I'm going to love him on Saturday, even though the result wasn't maybe what I wanted. Well, and then it's not always a single game. Like you're saying to trust the process, I think that... We're not even just necessarily talking about the two or three game stretch that we're in or the five games in 14 days. you got to have a long view that, hey, maybe, yeah, if we were in a playoff game right now, maybe Alexi's not starting tomorrow and you've got to put your uh, your standard back three out there. Or maybe, yes, you're going to let Ownby play into the 75th yeah. minute or into the 80th minute. Or maybe, you know, Sean Francis is good to go and can play 70 minutes. We don't know these things now. 
but it'll be important for us later that these guys got these minutes, that these guys had 10 minutes off, that they maybe didn't have to sprint, Yeah. that Alexi got 80 minutes of playing time or 65 minutes of playing time that he wouldn't have gotten just if you were trying to absolutely win today, and that he'll help you win a game later because of this. I was still genuinely, I see what you're saying, uh-huh. but I was still genuinely surprised they put Cameron in. Sure. I think Ilya has played a lot more lately than he has in his career in terms of minutes. I think that if Cameron doesn't get hit in the shoulder with the second ball that gets played in that game, maybe we look a little different and you don't feel like maybe he looks a little different. Yeah. And uh, also, I think I don't I don't know what conversations look like between Coach O'Connor and Cameron Lancaster, but if Cameron Lancaster tells me I'm ready to play, the run of form he had been on before he got hurt, I'm putting him out there. Yeah. If he says I'm ready to play and the doctors say I'm ready to play. And that's the key. The doctors and the trainers have to be willing to sign off on that too. So they wouldn't have put him out in a position where he was going to hurt himself again. Did you stretch uh, him out before the game, Brett? I did not. Okay. Um, did I, was, I was here in Louisville. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. You didn't stretch him out before they left? I did not. Okay. Um, that seems yeah. reasonable. I yeah. didn't know what vice presidents do. Yeah. Yeah. It's really the... Well, we try to keep that, you know, just between me and, and, <laughs> and, and the president. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Understood. But stretching out Cameron's shoulder is not part of my job description. Okay. Um, I don't know that I have the finesse to do that when it's dislocated. So, Understood. Yeah. So. Understood. All right. So we end up, regardless of your personal opinions about the substitution patterns or about... Uh, the per, perhaps the tactics that were employed for the final 25, 30 minutes of this game, we parked the bus. I don't think there's another, there, there's not a better no. term for it. That We stopped going after possession. We stopped trying to have a high press. Uh, and they, we let them come at us. And I think generally, excuse me, generally speaking, that can be an extremely successful tactic. We've employed it twice extremely effectively against yeah. Cincinnati, who is a far superior team to North Carolina. But perhaps the uh, personnel from Cincinnati or North Carolina are different. Perhaps the ball just bounces funny. Who knows? But we give up the game-tying goal on what was, frankly, a really nice run to the end line. Paco gets beat, which doesn't happen often for him to get beat inside like that. I mean, beat to the byline like that. And uh, he whips in a nice cross, and it's a good finish in front of, in between Pat and Kyle. They had him bracketed. I didn't feel like it was poorly defended. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a, I thought it was a nice ball after a nice run. And mm-hmm. it's hard to play defense for 35 minutes. Yeah, it's hard to do. I won't ask Andy whether or not you thought that we should have still been trying to get a third goal, or that we should have still been attacking. I always think that though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't ever think, like, I don't think you defend the win. Like, I think you keep going. All right. I don't care how, how far you're at. Just I, go. I think I read Taylor Sorrell's article today from the Coopers, or maybe it was tweets. I honestly don't even remember how I consume my information. Uh, Taylor talking about how City's best offense, our best defense really is our offense and possession. And I tend to agree with him. I think that uh, this team is built to keep moving forward and to try to have the ball and retain the ball and it's tough to watch now I also there's a part of me in the back of my mind that's wondering if maybe it's nice to have an extra shot in your bag that maybe we're not great at this right now and coach O'Connor or coach Bird or the front office sees that maybe in uh, 
15 weeks, it'll be useful to be able to play this kind of game, and it's less risk against North Carolina in the 13th week of the season yeah. than it is against the Red Bulls in the second week of the playoffs or whatever. Uh, whoever knows what you're working on on any given time, but it's not a thing that we generally do, and it's not a thing that we've done particularly well the last few weeks. I'll be curious to see if it's something that they are trying to develop as a uh, as something the team can do better. Or if it's just been injury-driven and, hey, we're tired and we're playing a lot of games and sometimes you just got to sit back and let it come to you. Yeah, well, I can tell you the front office isn't driving any decisions <coughs> along those lines. James has full control of everything. And, again, I, I trust the process and I trust what James is doing. Um, so whatever reasons he had for making those decisions, I fully support. And uh, the sky is not falling. I agree. There it is. I agree. All right. It's like the general theme of, of this episode. So we take a draw, 2-2. Two, two. Okay. Game preview. preview. I'm pounding through these because we I, I, I dragged that way out. Yeah, you did. One. I do that. I know. Man. I trust you to rein me in. But sometimes you hit good points. Sometimes. Not tonight. I, no, I was, I was letting it go, waiting for you to hit the good waiting points. Waiting for me to get yeah. to the good points? All right. Well, next time. It's like fishing. Eventually, you're going to catch something. One would have hoped. In 30 years, you guys are going to be grumpy old men. Oh, just man. like the movie. We're already grumpy old yeah. men. I don't yeah. even, I don't I even like want to think about 30 years from now. I've known this guy for way too long. Mm-hmm. All right. Previews. we got two games coming up. First up is the game on Wednesday night at Slugger, at home, playing up against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, uh, new coaching staff. Under Bob Lilly, who of Rochester fame, uh, particularly famous for playing a uh, the soccer equivalent of a pack line defense, just sitting back, letting you come at him, and never letting you have anything in the box ever, ever, ever. And it's been extremely effective for him for a long time. He won a championship with Rochester doing that, using, by the way, Sean Tosh and Pat McMahon to help him accomplish that goal. Uh, for one of the greatest defenses that this league has ever known. Uh, Bob Lilly, regardless of what you think about the way he plays, damn good coach. Whether you enjoy it or not, damn good coach. Have you gotten to meet Mr. Lilly? I have not met him. Um, I've been around um, and witnessed his intensity and his um, passion for, for the game. And he's, he, he is, he's a great coach. I think you put it very well. He, he's... Um, Maybe not the most fun style to watch, but you know, if you're out there to get results, you know, he, uh, you don't want him in the playoffs where he, no. you're, you're going 120 and in uh, penalty kicks, and you're and you're there for three hours hitting penalty shots. So, oh, yeah, as we learned. Okay, so he's coaching Pittsburgh. They're in third place. This is a really good team. They've allowed seven or eight goals, as you would expect, because a Bob Lilly team doesn't give up goals. Uh, they are even point-wise with us and one game behind us. So we have one game in hand, and uh, but we each have 25 points. So a win in this game would give either one of us sole possession of second place. Uh, it's a good team. It's going to be a scary team to play against because it's just hard to score. Yeah. And I expect us to have a lot of possession because they're going to let us have a lot of possession. They're going to let us sort of come against them all game. You're not going to get behind them. This is the kind of game where I expect Nile and George and maybe not as much of our speed, speed guys to be really effective. I think if we're going to have a good game, you're going to have Magnus, Nile, George play really well across the middle, probably with Ilya, one would expect, and that it's going to take a couple of nice finesse passes on the inside. And I'm not in any way saying that Brian Ownby can't do that. He absolutely can. But I don't anticipate 
running behind their defense, yeah. getting an easy whipped-in ball to an open cutter. That's not something they allow. So that means that you're going to have to pick the lock. And uh, I think the guys that are best suited to that on our roster are guys like Niall and Magnus, who I would expect to get some run in this game. That's personal opinion. I think you could also see another set-piece goal. Um, yeah. That's, that's something you could see another beautiful ball in from Oscar from the side. And totally Paco possible. even jumping up and, and, and banging it in with his head. This time with the Doves. For, for a third time in a row. I don't know. Third straight game. Paco yeah. on a scoring run. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Paco in the golden boot race? It, it, now what? we're talking. What? If Paco wins a golden boot, that would be exciting. I'll kiss him on the face. I believe you. <laughs> you were going to do that anyway. Yeah, but it'll be more deserved. This All time. right. This time it just won't be because he's there. Exactly. All right. Um, and also, you can expect set pieces because they are prone to fouling. Yeah. I believe is the appropriate. That, that's, the, that's the gentle way of saying that they play rough. They play physically. They are not going to let you just get away from them. You like start the making steel curtain. That's the that's about right. They start going around you. They're just going to knock you down because they don't want you to go around them. It's a style. Yeah. It can be effective. Um, so set pieces is not a bad not a bad expectation. Um, their keeper is a guy named Lynn. He's given up nine clean has had nine clean sheets already this season. That's a lot of clean sheets. But. It's more of a product thing. I don't know that Lind is a great keeper or that he's not a great keeper, but you just don't see many shots when you're playing on a Bob Lilly defense, so it's, or at least not many quality shots. You're seeing a lot of things from 38 yards out yeah. that you got time to see. Playing Plinko through the box. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he, he does, he, he's done a fine job, so I expect him to continue to do a fine job. I think this will be a low-scoring game. I don't see any possible way this game that there's three or four goals scored total in this game. I'd be shocked. Because uh, our defense is extremely solid, yep. and I don't think that we'll commit enough guys forward that they'll have any easy break opportunities on us. I just don't expect it. Uh, their main scorer <clears throat> is a guy named Nico Brett. Nico Brett's got eight this year. Um, he's been efficient, and it's mostly been, like I'm saying, on those breaks where they play defense and you get sick and tired of it and you bring up an extra wing back that you probably didn't need to, and your fullback gets beat. And Nico Brett's been making runs. Who's our lead scorer right now? Cameron. Cameron. Cameron's got six. Ilya's got five. Uh, Paco's about to have his second. About to have his third. So, uh, but no, in league play, it's it's uh, it's Cameron with six. So, all right, scorer Nico Brett, perfectly good at what he does. I don't think that he's anything remarkably special. I think that a lot that's the thing about playing against any Bob Lilly team is you can expect that everybody if they're doing their job is going to have nice numbers for their job because if you are the break man on a team that counter presses, I mean that uh, counter attacks, you should have some nice goals if you're good at both of those tactics. If you're a goalkeeper on a team that plays that packed in mm -hmm. you should have a nice goals against average if your team does what it's supposed to and so they are. They've got a fella named uh, Van Kaizeli. Van Kaizeli. I'm not French. What? He's a French guy. His name is V-A-N-C-A-E-Y-E-Z-E-L-L-E. Van Kaizeli. I wish I, I wish we had our French. I wish. It's almost like the opposite of Lacazette. It is. Just like take it backwards. Put a mirror. It's Van Kaizeli. Van Kaizeel? Yeah, man. Van Kaizeel? No. Stop right. saying it like that. <laughs> Stop it. Let's call him Lacazette. Yeah. And hopefully it's not that good. Fake Lacazette is Fake. a nice creator for them. And he uh, has put together 
a lot of shots on goal, but almost no goals. He's their he's their guy who's just launching, but not just actually putting anything in. The hell of it, yeah. Romeo Parks is a perfectly good scorer and a nice creative port, uh, player. Canardo Far- Canardo Forbes has been good for a while in the USL. He's uh, bounced around a little bit, I think, but he's he's been he's been a solid midfielder. He's not going to make mistakes. He makes the right play, and uh, I trust Canardo Far- Forbes to be tough for us to to deal with. We got one former LCFC player on the roster who I always try to comment on. We got Andrew Lubon playing against us. Uh, he hasn't gotten a lot of run during the during the season for them, but he might. He's he's played I think six games so for so far for them. Uh, we got 23 games out of him in the 2015-16 seasons for LCFC. Uh, scored six goals. He was he's a perfectly good winger. Uh, He's not particularly memorable when it comes to all these things. Uh, in terms of our former players, he's not one of the guys that jumps out at me. But he uh, had nice seasons for us, apparently. 23 games, 6 goals. That's not that's no, not yeah. terrible numbers. So, Andrew Lubon. Uh, I'm thinking, because you would always guess one nothing or 0-0 in a Pittsburgh game, I'm going to say it's going to be a 1-1 draw, and I think that we take that run. I think it's a fine result. I will feel way better about a 1-1 draw against Pittsburgh than I have about any of the previous draws that we've had. I'm going with my goal scorer will be... Trying to think of how this game will... I think I'm just going to go straight Oscar. I don't think that he whips one in. I think he gets a shot from 25 yards. And since Cam's not playing, and it'll generally be Oscar taking those shots. I think uh, 25 yards out, Cameron uh, Oscar scores on a set piece. That's where my that's where my goal is coming from. Andy, what you got? It's gonna get weird. It's gonna get weird. It's gonna get weird, but I like doing it. What do you got? I'm saying one nothing. One nothing. Tosh. I love it. Just because he's a there. A smash. What do we got? Just because he's there. I see it just being just at some point turning into a melee. Okay. Right. Just like off of a corner. But one of those corners that stays in the box for a while because everybody's around. This way and it pings out, and Toast just happens to be there and just Hulk smash into the corner. That's what I think happens. I love it. I love it. That's what I got. I want him to get a league goal because he's got the U.S. Open Cup yeah. goal, and now we need him. I there's a bizarre part of me that still wants to see every player score again, just because it was such a fascinating thing that happened last year. I want to see a league goal for every outfield player again. Brad. What do you got? Well, let's take a chunk out of that. Um, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit. I, I say 2-0. Nice. McMahon and Toach. Back line wow. score. They both get revenge on, on their on their former coach. Love yeah. it. Nice. Yeah, so I, that, that's how that's going to shake out. 2 nothing. Two goals for the the center backs. I love it. Yeah. I'll be really excited. God, that'd be, that'd be exciting. A McMahon so. bun goal yeah. and a Hulk smash. That I realized just be... I just picked two 16 seeds to be one seed. You did. Okay. You did. Right. You took perhaps our two least likely goal scorers and put them in as goal scorers, but I love it. And if we've learned anything from James O'Connor teams, it's that there are no actual unlikely goal scorers. They may be the least likely on our team, right. but that doesn't make them... Did you think Unlikely. Tarek Morad was going to have two against Bethlehem? No, I really didn't. That he I scored, mean, he scored the week before and then puts the two PK. home mm-hmm. in one game. He's, I think he was in the, the first fifteen minutes. I think yeah. he was the third leading scorer in the playoffs for the entire USL. 
Tarek Morad because of go. one hand. Yeah, just one of those one of those weird things. Who thunk it? I, I love seeing it though, and especially on the rebound off the PK, not just mm-hmm. on the PK, but on the rebound. Ooh, was... all right. So that's our preview of Pittsburgh. We'll also preview New York Red Bulls. Red Bulls are currently in eighth place. These are Red Bulls 2, I should add, not the actual Red Bulls. New York Red Bulls 2 are in 8th place. This has been the most Jekyll and Hyde team, even more so than Tampa Bay this year. I think New York Red Bulls look like they could beat anybody on any given week. They look like they could lose to anybody on any given week. They've blown some fools out, like 4-1 kind of games, 3-0 kind of games. And then they've gotten blown out, like 3-0, 4-1 kind of... They, I don't have any, and it's not even, they're a two-team, so yeah, they're going to have some shuttling up and down with the main squad, but that is not what's going on here. They've been reasonably consistent with who their lineups have been. This team just, and it's not even home and away. They've gotten blown out of the home, they've gotten blown out. I don't have any kind of an answer for what this team is this year, and they're scary for that reason. Because they're unpredictable. Yeah. It's like it's like uh, it's like a raccoon in the corner. Which, which one are we gonna get? Yeah. Which team are we get? And I'm optimistic that James O'Connor and the Purple Army will uh, will take inconsistency as a sign of weakness, and that uh, we will throw our ridiculous consistency against that and see ourselves to a nice victory. Um, their eighth place, their keeper's Evan Loro, who I have a specific distaste for. Uh, Evan wow. Loro, because A, he's got my name, oh. and and his hair is terrible. Like, it's it's truly offensively bad side part with grease yeah. and the shaved sides of the head. It's a bad look. Like, it's a bad look for 18-year-olds, but you understand it. Evan is a grown-ass man, and he should know better. Laura. And I've tried Laura as we refer to him in our section. Uh, and Laura doesn't like us. He doesn't interact in any kind of a fun way. You can see his shoulders tense when we yell at him, and that's it. It's all he gives you. And then mean mugs you when he walks away. Uh, I don't like him and Laura. What a turd. I don't like him. So that's the keeper. And uh, Evan Laura will be. On display for us. Uh, I like that we get to yell at him again. Yeah. I do enjoy him being there because I don't like him. It sometimes makes it tough with the guys we like, like the Pickenses and the Spangenbergs of the world who are sweethearts. Yeah. It makes it a little... I don't stop, but I do no, feel, but I do feel guilty feel, later. Yeah. Uh, referring so frequently to Pickens' ballerina ankles last week was... Uh, he's got those tiny, dainty he does, ankles. He does tiny little feet. He's got tiny little feet. You yeah. pay attention to his ankles. We pay attention to whatever. Anything we, that we, we can notice. pick somebody apart about. Okay, yeah. that's that's fantastic. Something that they might take personally. Can I share a little secret with you guys? Absolutely. I love that you guys do that with the goalkeepers because it reminds me of my college days, and I was the heckler for our college baseball team. Excellent. And it just it just takes me back to a time that was very blissful for me. So <laughs> it's, it's a simple process. Well, we what we need to start doing then is start coordinating before games, and we'll send you what material we have, yep. and maybe you refine it for us, send it back, and we'll uh, we'll have. Because frequently we're all over the place, just throwing anything we can at it and seeing what sticks. But if we have a professional collegiate heckler to maybe sort of refine some of our, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm professional, um, but but I would like to get involved in the process. Now we're talking. So yeah. We'll see what happens. Right, we'll send out what we can. 
But Evan Loro will be catching the brunt of our displeasure here this weekend. Uh, because of the game Saturday against uh, New York Red Bulls, another home game. So I like having two home games in a week as much as it is exhausting for our guys. All right. So they're, uh, they're, they aren't like uh, Pittsburgh, who has a clear scoring threat in Brett. Uh, they're very evenly distributed. They have five guys with multiple goals because they attack. That's one thing about New York. These are two completely separate side, uh, di- different kinds of teams between New York and Pittsburgh. Because the Red Bulls want to score. Absolutely. And they throw everybody forward. So five guys with multiple goals on the season is, is an impressive thing. I think their guy, um, Moreno, leads the team with six. Uh, same as Cam's got. Good goal scorer. I don't think anything particularly special. I think he's just sort of the first among equals amongst all their attackers. And I expect us, I expect us to exploit them because I think that given our druthers, we would counterattack more than we do. I think that most teams, because they're scared of us and our reputation, they sit back, wait for us to come to them. They're a little bit hesitant. I think that given our druthers, we would counterattack more because we're so dangerous off of them. And I think that we absorb the Morenos of the world and uh, that we get to come out and really make an attack. I'll be interested to see if Stefano Bonomo plays. Uh, Bonomo is a good ball player. He is dangerous. He's got pace. He's got skill. He scored against us before. I think he was their goal scorer in the uh, in the semi in the conference final last year against us. Was he not? Junior he was Fleming. Junior Fleming, who he of the super tight jersey, yes. Junior oh, Fleming. Oh yeah. Uh, who is now not with New York anymore? He's he is Tampa. The Rowdies. And now his shorts are short, too. His shorts are too short, and yeah. his jersey's he's, too tight? He looks like he's wearing a child uniform. Is he, upset? Uniform. Uniform. Is he, he upset, like the uh, the Grinch? His shoes are too tight? Kind Everything of yeah. makes him Got sad. It. Okay. But Stefano Bonomo is a real threat uh, to wear normally-sized clothing. And so hopefully uh, Stefano Bonomo is not an issue for us in this game. Uh, I think that he's quality. I always keep an eye on him whenever we're watching them play. But New York... They're going to throw guys forward. They're going to try to score goals. They want to muck it up and make a uh, uh, make this a track meet as opposed to Pittsburgh who wants to make it a, a smash and grab derby. Yeah. So it's going to be two very different kinds of games. The guys are going to have their work cut out for them in both of them. New York Red Bulls, because they are so up and down, I'm calling this a victory force to get us back on league track. I think that uh, we beat them five to two. Wow! In a in a slugfest. Five to two. Five to two. Wow! Five to two. I, I think right. I do think that we'll probably see. The best way that I can put it is that at that point, we'll hit. The, you know when you're really tired and you start getting real like weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? You start like real weird to get in a weird headspace. Yeah. I think that's what we're gonna see, and I think we'll see some maybe. Not more aggressive, but more weirdly aggressive. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see some people do some stuff you wouldn't normally see them doing. Yeah. Just cause. I get that. And so while I don't think it's gonna be five to two, I'll go three to one. Three to one. So reasonably high school. Brad, what you got? You know, 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one nil. Wow, you think it's an against type kind of game? Just because I have to go different than you guys. I understood. If I would pick first, I probably would have said three one, but I got to do something a little different. Frankly, um, if I heard us make picks, I would pick against what we do. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think you're probably right. I think it will be a high-scoring game, uh, yeah. relatively speaking. Um, but that's why you play the games. Yeah. I mean, did, did we think that we had given up, what, eight goals all year, and then uh, Penn FC scores three? I mean, right. so you just never know. I mean, that's why you got to play the games. Um, but that's not right. I don't care as long as one of us is correct. <laughs> as long as the score yeah, yeah. is Lou City with more goals correct. than New York Red Bulls, then yes. everybody will be happy. I do think we see some more ripping, just cause, like just just Oscar with one or two instead of like passing it in there. Yeah, I, I, something I, you guys like, might you know what? not know. Something you guys might not know. As of the end of May, USL switched balls. Um, I, I did not know that. So it, it, they're they're still select balls, but the, the new ones bounce more. They come off your foot harder, and so really? it's I mean it's it's more like kicking a volleyball. So it, it, you see more pace on the shot and more yeah. movement on the shot. So. Um, I don't I haven't That's looked at this, but I bet if you go back and look at the average games, uh, average goals per game, probably just, gone up. I think I would think so. That's cool. When did I did happen? not know that. Uh, the end of May, right after Memorial Day weekend. <coughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if that would explain a lot of um, overzealous passes up the field. Good. Well, and no, also, you know what I mean. Like I remember seeing in the indie in the. Uh, well, I guess the indie game would have been still That's in May. Before, yeah. yeah, but, uh, but how many times have we said, "Oh, too much"? You That's mean, true. Ombi's chasing him. Luckily, Ombi's step ahead, fast as hell. But like, still, he still. Yeah. There have been a few times when we've been like, "Too much." That's something I'll have to pay more attention for. I'm excited now to have another thing to pay attention to. You're so wise, Brad. Not really wise. I was just there when they told everybody. But that's. That's why. That's, that's how you gain that's wisdom. That's how you gain wisdom. Well, yeah, you, you absorb the things. There you go. All right, so we've all got victories. I think that Andy's point is a really good one, that the more tired you are, the weirder you get. Like, think about how at 2 a.m. you're a much better hacky sack player for oh, yeah. no apparent reason. All your senses combined. I everything, think you're going to get that goal. Everything I do is at 2 a.m. All right. Everything important I do is at 2 a.m. So those are our game reviews and game previews. <laughs> Let's crack open a little thing of purple stuff. I think yeah. we're all uh, starting to run short on the purple stuff, but let's have a uh, let's have a bit. Oh, we're we're cranking now, buddy. A little purple stuff. Cheers. All right. Ugh. All right. Two pieces of purple stuff tonight. We have got the fact that we are playing in the U.S. Open Cup final round of eight. And uh, the round of eight, we'll see us play against the Chicago Fire. That game is on July 18th. 18th? That's correct. Yeah. July 18th. I didn't even write that one down. That's right. July 18th. Uh, we'll go, a lot of people going up to the game. The Coopers in particular are doing a nice job. Please go on their website and uh, or visit them on Facebook or on Twitter because you can get a hold of them to ride up with the Coopers. They've got a bunch of bus spaces, fewer now than they had when they started. I think they originally had 270, and they're already down to 240 or so is what I saw on Twitter today. I mean, down to 30 or so left. So 240 people already agreeing to go up to the game, which is exciting. Yeah, you can awesome. also buy your tickets from the U.S. Open Cup uh, website. Probably get them on the Lou City website also, one would hope. I don't, I Can't do I it. I think you have to go to the Chicago site. I have to go to the Chicago Fires website at that point. If you need to find the tickets, you can find tickets. Go out and buy them. If you've got the availability to get out to Chicago, please do it. 
Uh, it's an experience to go to an away game if you haven't gone. It's an experience to go on a bus with the supporters groups if you haven't done it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I expect that I will be going up there if I can talk my wife into it. I expect that Andy will not be going up there as he cannot talk his wife into it. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing the game against the MLS. It's going to be a ton of fun. If you get a chance, go on one of the websites, get your butt to the game, support the guys, because if they win this, they're going to the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup. And being in the Elite Eight is great. Being in the Final Four of this thing, and then things start getting real at that point. You start talking about – I haven't even gotten into talking about what happens if you go through because it's a long way. But you win this game, and suddenly you get to start thinking about it. So get your butts up there if you have the availability. Brad, are you going to go up? Are you going to make the trip? I am 99% certain that I will go. Yeah. I'm um, just trying to work some things out schedule-wise. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think we're, we're really entering historical territory here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just you, you want to be able to say that you were a part of it. Um, so I, I encourage everybody to, get to, to book a flight, get on a bus, Pitch a ride, do whatever you have to do to get up to Chicago. Ice skating. You got ice skate up there? I don't think it'll work. I don't think it will either. All right. Second piece of purple stuff is that we've got the groundbreaking this week at, this week on Thursday at 3 p.m. at the new stadium site in Butchertown. We're breaking ground on the stadium, yeah. and I couldn't be more excited. I, I only mention it in purple stuff because we're going to transition straight into the interview of Brad here. It's one of the things we want to talk about is this new stadium. But also a thing to get to if you get the chance. It's 3 p.m. It's on Thursday. Get out of work a little early. Take a late lunch. Go out and see this because you're going to have the governor there regardless of your thoughts of the governor. You're going to have the mayor there regardless of your thoughts of the mayor. You're going to have some super exciting... This is, this is a big event in the city of Louisville in the state of Kentucky. We're building a professional stadium. And there are... It's the Bats at Slugger Field, and that's the only professional stadium of any kind in the state of Kentucky right now. And uh, it's not a soccer field. This one is. Get out there. Cheer. Be on the news. Show the team and the state and the metro government and everybody who will be out there how much support this project has, how much uh, the, the city of Louisville is behind it, because we all are. Yeah, it's going to be a good program. We, we've spent a lot of time working on it, and um, it, it, it is. You're going to have some really good speakers there, um, and you can each take home a little memento. I won't tell you what it is. Oh, doctor! Oh, man. But, but there, there will be a little something-something for everybody to take home that wants to. Is it uh, ice cream cake from the 25 grand for uh, being the last surviving team in the U.S. It's the remnants of the ice cream. Actually, we're not going to turn dirt. We're going to turn an ice cream cake. Nice. Yeah. So... No. So, so there'll be giveaways, is what you're saying. Well, look, you're not, this is there's going to be a memento. There you that go. If you choose to participate, you can you can take home with you gift cards. Gift cards. Yeah, gift cards. Ten dollar gift card. I've heard they're actually going to have a shovel for all of us. Not gift cards. There's not going to be any gift, gift cards. cards. No. That's okay. No. I've heard there's actually going to be a shovel for all of us, and that this is all a clever ploy to get free labor. Yes. That not only is this the groundbreaking, but it's the first day of right. actual digging. Do you guys know how to weld by chance? <laughs> I do not. Okay. I can. I mean, I'm a quick learner. All right. Okay. Quick study. I, I've met Andy. He is not a quick study when it comes to these things. Good. He's lying. I'm good at carrying stuff. Okay. All right. Let's 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 learn some stuff about Brad Estes here. Fine. I think that uh, it's time. It's time. It's time. All right. So you're the executive vice president. We've as we've covered. How long have you been with the team? 
I've been with the team since uh, summer of 2016 in some capacity. I started off as a consultant uh, working, um, I was working for uh, John Neese's company and just came on to help Amanda Duffy do some things and then just gradually worked my way um, into, a, into a bigger role and the, the club got bigger and they needed someone in my skill set and so I joined full time about this time last year. And your skill set, you are a CPA? I'm a recovering CPA, as I like okay. to say it. So um, I, I grew up in the world of public accounting. Um, not a big fan of, of doing doing accounting type work, so I, I quickly got into to, to CFO, COO kind of work while okay. I was um, trying to trying to run businesses. Um, but I definitely have a lot of experience in finance um, and operations and businesses. All right, and so you were with, uh, that, it was Nice Ventures, I guess, correct. before you came on to Loose City full-time. That's correct. Uh, you're the executive vice president, as we've covered, is an awesome, awesome title. But when you got to the team and you say you sort of worked your way through the ranks, uh, did you have previous interest in soccer or in sports franchises? How did how did this become what you were passionate about under the Nice umbrella? Right. Well, I've been a lifelong and don't laugh, boys. I've been a lifelong athlete. Um, I believe you. I, I played. Yeah, you're uh, a stout man. Stout. See, I'm trying not to be as stout, but I, I'm, we'll get away. That's a separate topic. That's, that's a little stock. I mean, I don't even know what word you were looking for there. Stout's a stout. little stout. Oh, stout. You're a yeah. you're a big, American you're football a brawny player. guy. Yeah. Brawny. Uh, husky even. Brawny. Yeah. I'm not saying brawny. <laughs> Lad. I'm not saying husky, you're brawny. So when I grew up playing all kinds kinds of sports: basketball, baseball, uh, football. Uh, even threw a little shot put in high school. Nice. Um, Any never, skill? Never soccer. Any skill? Were you good? In at shot any, put? At any of these activities? Or were, like, I, were you a I, talented player? Or I got a, I got a Division One scholarship to play football. So he's okay. He was um, an okay athlete. Is but what then I but then I got to college and realized I probably needed one more year in the weight room and was injured pretty early. Understood. Led the conference in shoulder surgeries my Ooh, freshman nice. year. Got to lead in some. Yeah, that's right. I did. And, uh, nice to be a record. So breaker. I was there to boost the team GPA and to increase <laughs> their insurance premiums. Is what yeah, I like to say. Yeah. But uh, it was a lot of fun though. But not soccer at any point. Up not soccer at any point. Um, right. Until I got here. And the team comes into existence. Uh, obviously, uh, Mr. Nice was. Involved right from go, uh, you come over and uh, start becoming an important role player inside the organization. What did? When did you go? Not only is this a good job, but this is an interesting product. When? When did that realization sort of occur? Fifteen seconds after I walked into my first match. There you go. Um, it, it's truly, and I, and I preach this every time I talk to someone that hasn't been to a game. All you have to do is go. We don't have trouble getting people back. We have yeah. trouble getting people to the game. Oh, yeah. you, have you ever met anybody that went to a match that didn't say it was fun? No. Nope. No. Because they don't understand the energy. They're used to going to a baseball game or a football game where there's there's tons of breaks. And you know, with soccer, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but you go in there and it's action-packed the entire time. The yeah. energy level is through the roof. And so, I mean, I was hooked immediately. That's great. And you know why you preach to the choir, don't you? Why is that? That's how you get them to sing. There you go. And so, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're here to sing. Because I completely agree, and I know Andy had that very experience of coming to his first game because I dragged him to it, yeah. being hooked on it. And uh, we have that weekly with people that we bring to games and that you, you just know that that person's coming back. That yeah. guy's buying season tickets. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of just come to a game. Just come to one game. I'll buy your just first beer. One. Yeah, right. Just one game. Um, so what has been... You know, you said you never really got into 
were a huge soccer person. So what in all of this, what's been your the biggest like learning curve for you? Like what's been the biggest thing for you to kind of wrap your head around? I, that's a good question. Um, and I think in my role, having run several businesses and also being uh, an athlete, although not a soccer player, I think it's it's really trying to stay humble, if you, if you will, and not yeah. and and make sure that you, you really are learning and, and you don't assume that you know what the right answer is. Right. And so I've found that that reaching out to uh, folks around the league to, to ask questions and, and talk with our board that's been involved with it. That, that's really been key. I consult a lot with James um, just because I, I don't know everything. I mean, I, if I'd been running a soccer team or any sports team for 20 years, I might have more answers. So I, I think the key is to try to apply your, your business knowledge um, and, and really servant leadership. It's nice. that, but that's, that's kind of a catchphrase. I don't yeah. like catchphrases, but it's, it's, it's the truth. Um, you have to apply that in a manner that's consistent with, with a soccer organization. Right. And so I, I just try to ask people that know more than I do. Um, so knowing what you don't know is really the, maybe that's not the, not really, I, didn't, I don't know if I answered your question. It's not a learning curve necessarily, it's just it's constantly right. making sure that, that you're learning. No, I like it. And understanding. I like that. Knowing what you don't know. I was interested by what you said about sort of reaching out to other teams and people within the USL. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find that it's a, uh, Let's a community that is receptive to trying to help each other Absolutely. to try to make this a successful league, or is it more of a hey, I'm not talking to you, we're trying to beat you next week? That, no, I, I uh, and, and there's certain clubs uh, 90 miles away that I don't call, but um, <laughs> the, every every club I've ever reached out to has been more than willing to help. And and, and the, the flip side of that is I've been willing to help other clubs. I've I've had two discussions. Uh, with USL clubs that are trying to build stadiums. And so they, they ask me questions about what have you done, what do you see, what's the process look like. Um, but and, and the league is really good with that too. I've, I've reached out to the league several times. Hey, who's who do you know that is the best at XYZ? Um, and they put me in touch with, uh, with that person and I, and I have a conversation. I've had probably conversations with seven or eight different executives in the USL outside of outside of league meetings yeah uh, so it's been a really good uh, fraternity for me huh. talk a lot with the uh, court jesky at nashville he's really helpful um there's mike malega down in tulsa right um talked with the guys in st louis talked with the guys in phoenix and sacramento um so yeah everybody's been really helpful well that's great and now i think that that leads nicely into sort of the question of questions in terms of uh louisville city in the city of louisville USL is fantastic. We've been extremely good in it. We've uh, had a lot of success. I think that everybody can see the club's growth and uh, the fan base's growth. Do we see ourselves in USL long term? Uh, I don't have a better way of asking the MLS question than to say, is that the... It felt when we started that that was the goal. It no longer necessarily feels like that's the goal. It just seems like uh, a theoretical option. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think there's a few things that we would have to do before pursuing MLS, or if MLS wanted to pursue us. I think getting the stadium built is very critical. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the the natural desire to want to play at the top of whatever sport you're in, or to compete at the highest level of whatever you're you're, you're sure. competing at. 
Um, I, like I said, I think we need to get the stadium built. We need to continue to have the best product on the field. We already have the best fans um, in our league. Um, and then I think the next step will become evident at that time. But I think if you were to ask our owners, they would say, well, yeah, absolutely. If we can if we can make it work and the business sure. deal works properly, we would want to play at the highest level in our in our country. And that then that would be Major League Soccer. I just I think that the, the difference in the way that we've gone about it is that we are trying to be the best team in the USL with the best facilities in the USL with the best fans and the best front office um, and then let the next step kind of happen organically I think that's a fun way for fans to be able to think about it is not necessarily that there is and that there has to be a hey we want to get to this it's we want to be the best at what we're doing yeah. and then we'll worry about what we're doing right. next but whatever it is that we're we want to be the best at it well, I think it makes it more natural I mean look, look we just have to be and uh, I'm, I'm thinking of a line of a song that I just heard where the, the, the singer says, it's not that I'm self-conscious, but I'm conscious of myself. Okay. We're not, we are not a, uh, we're not a, fi- <laughs> well, sorry, I don't, to, I don't mean to drop all this knowledge on you guys. Yeah. Um, we're not a, a city of 5 million people. So we can't just step in and say, MLS, we want to, right. we want to play. Who, who do we write the check to? So we have to build and do things organically and it has to be real. Otherwise it won't work. So that's what we're trying to do. Well, and I think that's a really responsible way of going about it, especially because who knows what the MLS will look like in two years when maybe we are ready, or in five years when maybe we are ready. And who knows what the USL will look like at that time and what the team. I think it's just wise to sort of look at it each each given season, each right. given fiscal yeah. period or whatever yeah. and be make, able to reevaluate. Make no mistake, our stadium is expandable to MLS size our, our our facility is designed to mls specifications so so you you are making my segues super easy because okay. we wanted to talk about the stadium a little bit now okay what are you most excited about about the stadium what gets you jazzed the most when you think about it that's a really hard question because i'm so in into the trees as opposed to the forest on this thing sure um i'm really looking forward to running a financial statement and having it show, uh, having it show better answers because you know we'll, we'll get all the revenue streams sure you know? yeah um but i think just the, the most exciting thing for me and i've learned this more so over the last few weeks is when you go to lynn stadium and you watch a match with those sight lines and you hear how loud four thousand people were the other yeah. night yep to, to think how loud that stadium will be, just because it's a properly designed soccer stadium, it is going to be unbelievable. And I mean, that that, that gets me going more than anything, is to be there on opening night with 14,000 people in there. Yeah. Um, because we're going to jam a few extra in there until Absolutely. the fire marshal bill comes calling. Yeah. Well, we've um, talked about that, about how exciting it is, how, how great the concept is to have people fighting to get into a 10,000-person stadium instead of right. sort of slowly making 11, a 20,000-person stadium. 11,300 seats. 11,300. Plus 2,000 standing room only. All right. As long as one of them's got my name on it, I don't care that much. Right, right. No, it's crazy exciting. Um, when we think about the stadium... There were pictures this week that have gone up both on the on, on several of the websites mm-hmm. and on some of the social media that uh, showed new mock-ups that maybe people hadn't all seen before. There have been a lot sort of new iterations that have come out regularly, and uh, there's a new one that people have seen for the first time for these announcements for the stadium groundbreaking announcements. Is that a, uh, a a new current mock-up? Is that legitimate artwork, or is that sort of speculative? No, that's what we're building. Woo! I love that. 
I love that. The wood. I, I love the. Is if it, you haven't seen it, it's good looking. Yeah, go, go to the Wood City website. It. Check it out. Breathtaking, Man. really. It's got. It evokes all that bourbon, uh, yeah. the bourbon barrel concept. Uh, it, it's got the, the, the stave looking lighting. Yeah. It's yeah. got the open end with the, with the uh, giant video boards. The video board, just to put it into perspective, the video board at Lynn Stadium. You, you see how big that is? Yeah, absolutely. The one that we will have will be double the size of that. What? <laughs> Man, yeah. you guys could so, make you guys could make your money back with yeah. Sunday movie nights. Well, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of those plans. Uh, I would imagine in, in underway. You know, when we first started interviewing architects, it was clear that we had to have a world-renowned architect. We interviewed HOK and Populous, who are two really the two best in the world. HOK just got done with Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Gorgeous. If that tells you anything, so. Um, you know, what, what we wanted to do from really our ownership this was their vision we wanted something that was uniquely Louisville yeah. that when you walked up to it and that that you would say yep this feels like Louisville and so we've incorporated elements from from Louisville mm-hmm. uh, horses bourbon copper iron quarter you know the, the it's, it's it's just something that when you see it we hope that you know, later on when you see it on TV, somebody looking at it will say, oh, that's that stadium in Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just some spaceship with a white roof. How big is the statue of Coach O'Connor going to be? 5'9". 5'9", just yeah. dead to life. Yeah. How big are our statues going to be? Yeah, 6, 4, and <laughs> 5. So yours is a little yeah. under, mine's yeah. going to be a little over because I'm 4'11 yeah. tops. Yeah. Now, uh, the stadium looks incredible. Everybody's excited about what it's going to look like. And can you imagine with those video boards, a, a World Cup, you know, a World Cup watch oh party in twenty twenty two? Yeah, oh my gosh, that'd be nuts. One of my favorite things about watching, like when they were doing the bridges project, was driving by it and watching it being built. And this, like, you get excitement from watching, especially right. in Louisville, especially in downtown Louisville. You get excitement from watching stuff like that being built up. And this is going to be one of those things. Not only as a Louisville City fan, but as a Louisvillian. Yeah. It's like, this is another chunk of what's going to make the city awesome. A recognizable aspect of the city. It extends the skyline. It's uh, it's going to be wonderful. And yeah. But before you, I mean, and I would say, I'm probably speaking out of turn, but in, in two or three months, you will be able to see the pitch. Oh, my Because the, the, you'll see the, the I mean, they'll, they'll dig it out. And That's the, so the, the pitch will be... You know, probably eight to ten feet below grade. It'll yeah. Be kind of a bathtub effect. Yeah. Um, so you'll, you'll you'll be able to see it, and it's I mean it's I'm exciting. Sneak onto it now, and see my first child. How how many <laughs> bars are going to be in the stadium? How many bars? Total. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There'll be seven bars before you even get into vendors and before you get into concession kiosks and all yeah. that. <laughs> all right. So there'll be a bar at each. Basically, it's. Just outside the 18 on either side. Then there's two bigger bars in each corner. Yeah. And then there's the massive bar underneath the uh, the video board. Awesome. Awesome. Gosh. There's yeah. a beer garden outside on the east side. Right over. Uh, right over where we're gonna need it to be. So yes. I'm. I don't want to put any pressure on you, but I know a guy who could sell you some booze for those bars. Okay. He's sitting next to me. Okay. And uh, so let me just let me just throw that out there right from now. Yeah. That uh, if you need booze, we don't need to go into brands. For legality's sake, we need to go into brands. I'll write you up a contract. Okay. Um, No, the stadium. Everybody's excited. Let me let me talk a little (laughs) bit. Let me talk a little bit about uh, team vision, and then we'll uh, so that we can 
start breaking this thing down and turn you over to Andy for his famous question. Oh, boy. Uh, so the long-term vision for the team, we've got the stadium going in. We know that we know when that'll be. It, that's a confidence-inspiring feeling for, uh, for the organization. It's got to be. Uh, what do we see for being able to make sure that we stay at the forefront of the USL? Because staying still is sort of a death knell. Uh, building the stadium was a great step. Now, have, we, have they started talking about academies? Have they started talking about maybe a women's team, about youth select teams? What, what's the next step for Louisville City? Obviously, the entire organization seems very great about, hey, focus on the next thing and then the next thing and then the next right. thing, the next game, the next play, all that. But think long term, what are we, what are we hoping for? Well, I think that everything that you just said. So an academy is something that will definitely need to be in our plan. It's not, we don't currently have an academy, obviously, um, but we will need to have an academy within the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, USL is mandating that, um, and we need to do it anyway. Um, we need to help develop the soccer culture uh, around this town, and, uh, and an academy is one way to do that. Um, we, we've definitely talked in the boardroom about a women's team. Um, I think we would all love to have a women's team. Right now, we don't have a place for a women's team to play, so we have to have a stadium. And yeah. we can't. The, 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 the deal we have at Louisville Slugger Field would probably pro- prohibit anybody from wanting to come here. Yeah. So, so we need our own stadium, but that's definitely something that that, uh, that that we want to entertain because, let's be honest, just from a financial perspective, we want more events flowing through that space. Yeah, everything our fans have. have made it clear that a women's team would be supported. I know more people on the women's national team than I do the men's. Okay. I just, I just, I, I started watching soccer um, and started, I started watching uh, the women's team, um, and I, I just, I enjoy the game just as much as the men's. I, I don't blame you for that at all. I think that also they're the cream of the crop, and uh, the men's national team is sort of, you know, we are what we are. Uh, and also, it would be nice if you happened to, I don't know, have met or worked with. The uh, president of the United Women's Soccer League. That you know, be, I have. You've, uh, you've met her before. You know, it's funny. We were uh, we were out doing stadium tours with HOK. It was the day after, the second day after the USL Cup. We all still had headaches. Sure. Um, and we we flew out to um, Avaya to, to San Jose to see Avaya and Salt Lake City to see Rio Tinto. And Amanda was at Rio Tinto. Oh. Uh, doing the announcement of the Utah uh, women's team, and so there was a big press conference. Got to give her a hug. So, see, she's uh, she's doing great. She's uh, you know, she did a lot of great work here to help Absolutely. us get where we are. I think that uh, all of the Lou City fans have been there from the beginning, and we're always thankful for what she gave us. Absolutely. Um, I think that's really all that I had to cover. Have to cover. Meat. Is there anything that you've got to cover? Andy? Oh, there's one thing I've got to cover. Why do I? Why do I feel like this is going to get weird? It's a little ambushy. It's a little ambushy. Uh, Andy, go ahead. All right, I, I hand you over for the uh, the annual, weekly, monthly, bi-quarterly, whatever your question is. This is it. I love the excitement in your face. I'm always excited. I can about tell. It. All right, Brad. Yes, Hefe. The boss of the last two decades. Okay, 15 years, got it. What What movie, in your opinion, is the best metaphor for our championship season? How am I... Okay. Yeah, it's not easy. What movie... Can you repeat the question? 
Can you use it in a sentence? Complete sentences are not any strong sentences. No, it's... Okay, it's, repeat the question. Uh, we'll give me some time. trying to buy some time here. Okay. <laughs> Last two decades. 20 years. Is that what that comes out? 20 years. Any movie. Okay. In 1998. That you think, since 1998, what movie do you think... Oh, since 1998. Is a... Perfect metaphor for a sheet. It doesn't have to be perfect. I stopped like, watching movies in 1998. Um, Understood. You know, I, I'm going to, your criteria be damned. Um, I'm going to take a movie outside of the 1998. Uh, That's fine. I'm going to say a series of movies. Okay. If you say Batman, it's, <laughs> no, it's not Batman. All right. All right. I am going to say the Rocky series because... Rocky started off, nobody knew who he was. Right. Had some good fights, earned some respect. Right. After, he continued to win big fights, but you always kind of felt like he was the underdog. Yep. And then he finally won the big one. Yeah. He lost some along the way, too, though. Okay? He did. But you always trusted Rocky. Um, I like it. Minus the fact that he decided to go completely out on his own with the 1970s, 80s. And then uh, also a series of movies. I think that you made this question so, real yeah, I'm fine in with an that. admirable fashion. Yeah, because I'm fine with going outside the parameters. Though, on this it's one. your question, man. I'm good with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. allow it. I, I I don't know that I've seen. So there's what? How many movies are there in the Rocky? You got the original six. four. Yeah. And then you had one movie you just called Rocky Balboa, which was about yeah. Balboa making a comeback in his like early 60s. I remember that. Yeah, that was bad. And then there has been one Creed movie. Yes. And there's about to come out with the second My point Creed is this. Movie. There's seven movies in the rock. A lot. I've seen less than seven movies since 1998, I feel like. Okay. <laughs> well, you... Uh, I, I can't I say Braveheart because he dies in the end and, you know, don't put that evil on anybody. No, right? no. I think that Rocky's perfectly good. I think yeah. that it's nice that he does lose a couple of uh, It's realistic. He's a little... Yeah. Until you get to Rocky Four or whatever, the first three Rockies are canon. They're truly great movies. Yeah, and they also do depict a real athlete trying to accomplish real things. Save and the first one, setbacks. he doesn't even like win everything. Like no, no. the first one is about him just, just going the just distance, earning respect, just yeah. like our first season just in the like league. Our first season, and then our second season in the league, we win a little more. Yeah. I think I, I think I nailed that question. I think you really. You, and you really did. And then in the third season, I'm pretty sure James O'Connor defeated Russia and communism. Just like... No, wait, that's Rocky Fourth. There are yeah. five Rockies. Yes. Goodness. So this year, he defeats communism. Last year, he finally knocked out Mr. T. Yeah. Thank God. Mr. T needed to be put in his place. Yeah. Clubber sure Lang. Clubber <laughs> Lang. Get yourself a real man. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Adrian looks yeah. terrified. You know what I wish I had said in hindsight when you asked me about my prediction for this weekend? What's I said, pain. 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 <laughs> my prediction? Pain. That's Mr. T playing Clever Lang is truly great. Uh, I think that's a perfectly good answer. I think that, that was perfect. That was you, you made it your own, which is notable. And then uh, it was perfectly applicable. Notable, if not a little disrespectful. But <laughs> I don't think that disrespectful. No. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I think we're gonna we, we've we've pushed the boundaries of good taste in terms of time, as we generally do. We we do that though. We we're we're yeah no we're we're, we're fine. All we're right. Fine. So then let's let's very quickly let's break through some banter. Okay. Uh, banter. 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 All right. 
Do we have to clean glasses or anything? No, that's okay. only for purple stuff. Okay. I think you're good. If you want to clean glasses, everybody's willing to. But no, we're good. Uh, I'm not going to. You're you're out. All right. I'm out of. I'm, I saved my glass making. Understood. It's got to be special. Yeah. All right. Banter will be about. I think that the general mood around the the Louisville Twitterati is a negative one about our league play of recent. And I get it. We're very used to success. And we've talked about this at length, yep. about sort of our expectation level that has grown outside the realm of reasonable because of our unprecedented success. Mm-hmm. I don't like the the negativity that comes that we're seeing a lot of on Twitter, on Facebook, and blogs, and whatever form you ingest Lou City. Because it's been three ties, man. We haven't even lost. Like, I get it that you want wins against teams that are in the middle to the bottom end of the table. But I need I need there to be a uh, the theme, as you've said for this episode, that the sky is not falling. I need that to really sink in for people that yeah. we're fine. That we're fine. Andy, yeah, are we no, fine. We're fine. There's a lot of season left. Like we have a lot of season left. <coughs> what did you say? We were in better, the exact same shape. We're fine. Yeah, we're fine. All right. What do you? What do you? What would you need to? What would you need to see before you started being worried? Two losses in a row, which has happened this year. Yeah, I know. You're saying See it again. Three three ties in a row, and then if we were to lose both games, this week, if it, start if having we a little. If we start going drastically downhill from here, see, and I feel like I feel like you could even get away with if we lost three out of the next five games. I still wouldn't even be like this is this is misery. It would be unfortunate run of form for our guys that we haven't really seen. Right, but it would that would still leave sixteen games left. We have 25 points. We'd probably still be in seventh place at sixth, seventh place at that point after that kind of results. I don't feel like this is anywhere close to, oh my God, time. And the fact that after three draws, not losses, draws, and two of them on the road, and as Brad pointed out, one of them against a playoff team currently. I'm not there, man. I'm just not there. So I've got two thoughts on this situation. <coughs> Number one, the current run of form, if that's the way we're going to call it, is so far out of my mind. I, I mean, James O'Connor is going to have these guys in in great form at the end of the year. I, I just I know that, and so I don't even think about it to be honest with you. Um, our injuries that we've sustained over the last, uh, I guess, going back to the beginning of the year with. With Richie Ballard and Frano, um, Luke and Cam now, um, it, it's just it, it's again it's really out of my mind. I don't even think about it because it's yeah. just it's just not worrying to me. But then where where I pivot on that is I don't so much mind that that folks are upset um, because it's it's the passion, right? And and if people weren't upset, then that would mean that they didn't care. Um, right. And so how they choose to express it, you know, doesn't really matter to me. I'm I'm um, I'm just glad that we have passionate fans. And if and if and if they express themselves on Twitter that, that they're upset, then so be it. Yeah, I guess my concern though is that, like Evan said, I mean, we are in this the basically the exact same shape that we were this time last year. It just seems like 
we're taking it a little harder. It's, it's, it almost seems like we're not realizing that. And so, you know, we come off a championship season into this and everybody has expectations and you're like, yeah, we're still like the best in the league. But it, it just seems like it's it's not going over as well. Yeah, no, I understand this where you're coming from. I think it's, I think, you know, these are first class problems, right? I think no, yeah, if absolutely. You were, if you this were to is... talk to Toronto and, and they had three goals in a row, they might think a little differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, for me, it's just, you know, I'm just glad that we have passionate fans. Yes. Um, that, that, yeah. that, that, I'm just glad that we have passionate fans. <laughs> People who um, care enough to be upset about it. Yeah. Right, right. And so we'll be fine. Hell, Evan cares so much, he's dying over here. Yeah. <laughs> I am actually dying. I think Evan just swallowed Jesus a pint glass. <laughs> I apologize to everybody. I actually swallowed. <laughs> oh my God. I actually swallowed a <clears throat> piece of fruit from my old fashioned glass that got lodged <laughs> in the back of my throat. It's still there. It's still there. Loose. The sky's not falling, man. I apologize. It's, unless you're Evan, and then it's clearly falling. falling. It's yeah. At least if I die, I'll know that I die. We are still the defending champions. That's true. <laughs> that'll, that'll be it. <coughs> that'll be good consolation. That's true. I like that. Of all the things in your life, that's what you take to the grave. <laughs> not my loving wife. Yeah. Not my. Uh, <laughs> Not my happy family, not my your friends. friends. No, no, no. You, you died knowing that we were still, still the champs. Yeah. champs. Still champs. That's good. Yeah. Are you okay? No, man. I'm still, I'm still in a rough way. So unless anybody else has something they need to say about <laughs> us being here, oh unless anybody's got anything else they want to say about, did we cover injuries while I was dying and the fact that uh, we're going to get a bunch of guys healthy? Absolutely, we talked. I talked about it a little bit. I mean, he did. We we've seen Richie Ballard in what one game? Was yeah. Uh, I don't even think he got to. I think he got to play the preseason. I don't think he ever got to play in the regular season. First game of the regular season, but that doesn't matter. Even if he, I mean, yeah. Frano's been gone for for most of the time. When you think about what that does, when you bring back a Richie Ballard, he brings in that absolutely insane pace, blazing uh, off, speed off the bench or starting. Um, when you bring back Frano, that means you can move Kyle around if you want. You yep. can put him in the mid holding mid position and give Speedy and uh, Kyle a little some bit rest. of time off. Yeah, I mean it's just, or you can put him on the back line if we get thin there. I mean it's just, and of course Luke and Cam. Been I mean, our great Swiss Army knife, Kyle. Yeah, absolutely, he has. You know, I talked to his mom. She's a big tailgater, right? And she she says you should see him play striker. And I'm like, okay, come on. Now, <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> She's awesome though. Um, well, no, no, we're fine. What I, what I said when you were dying. Dying. Um, Legitimately. <laughs> I, I, I broke out into yeah. a bad sweat. Yeah. Now too. When, when you flatlined, um, I Woo. was uh, I was saying that, that, that the form right now is just so, it's not even in my mind. I don't even think about it because I'm not worried about it. It's where are we going to be the in process. three and a half months. Yeah, not even concerned about well, it. And also, when we talk about the run of form, we're only talking about league play because also we've won two enormous games right. in the last month. Yeah that have been awesome spectacles yeah. and that have advanced us in a tournament that is prestigious and will gain or gain us a lot of extra attention and already gained us a little bit of extra money. And, and it got me a bonus. And got Brad a sweet bonus. Yeah, right. That's how he's going to pay for all of us to have our uh, tchotchkes at the, uh, exactly. the groundbreaking. That's where those gift certificates are going to come from. Yeah. But uh, I think that the, anybody who takes – anything about where we are at this point in the season unless you are like you say toronto uh there's no there's no reason to take anything too seriously as a negative at this point i think uh i'm excited about where this club's going i think that it's a good team i think that it's 
it compares favorably with the team that we had last year. And once everybody's healthy, I think that you're going to see special things. And so I'm not worried about if we drop a couple of games. And we haven't even been dropping games. We've been tying them. Like, I would understand the attitude that I'm seeing a lot more if we were, if of the last three games, we'd lost two and drawn one. But that's not where we're at, man. We're still scoring points. I don't know. It's it, it's irritated me a couple of times with the stuff I've seen written about guys that I respect. Start fighting people. I might. I might. Especially with all the people bad talking Brad and his leadership. I've thought you've been doing a fine job. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe anybody would say such a thing. I can't either. No. I can't either. It's just because I'm dead inside. <laughs> um, You're on your way. I'll get your tab for you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Uh, just clear my history. Um, we, uh, <laughs> we've uh, had so much fun having Brad on the show. And this is perhaps, there's only one way of saying this. It's not a bigger guest. It's not a bigger guest. No. But it is the only comparable guest that we could have booked to come on the week after Brad. Uh, I had today confirmed for us who our guest will be next week. Oh, man. Uh, And amazingly enough, we will be meeting for an hour with the mayor of Louisville, Greg Fisher, will be coming on the podcast. That is not a joke. That is not uh, false advertising. I've had it confirmed. Yeah. I can't even believe it. So, uh, noted Loose City fan and uh, great advocate for the stadium, for the team, and frankly for the game in this city. Yeah. Uh, Greg Fisher coming on the show with us next week. It's, it's and an, President Emeritus of the Groove Machine. President Emeritus of the Groove Machine. I don't even, uh, I don't even know how you apply for that job. He is. I don't think he. He's not bad. Yeah. They just nominate him. They're just like, hey, now you're this now. Understood. Yeah. Understood. Frankly, we could use him to come over and help us out on our side. We've only ever got the one drummer, and Scouse is terrible. Yeah. I love the man, but he is not a drummer. It's okay. Not a drummer. Scouse, you heard me. All right. That's all i got to say. Tune in next week for the mayor. The mayor of the Louisville. The mayor. Uh, tune in this week for the mayor of Lou City Football Club. Is that not your title? It's not, the, but I think it should be revisited. <laughs> we'll look yeah. into it. Yeah. Uh, no, we, we were, we're so blessed and fortunate that we've gotten to be doing this podcast for 18 episodes and that people like uh, Brad are willing to come on and talk Lou City soccer with us. Come out and catch a game. Go see, go see the Chicago Fire game if you can. If you can't, who cares? Get out to the Pittsburgh game at home this week, the New York Red Bulls game this weekend. Come sit in Scouse's house, the best seats in the house, and uh, we'll show you a good time. But uh, for the one thing we say at the end of every show, I'll just say, Brett, thanks so much, and go Go City. City.